Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weimerger and Harav Nissen that we've got online. I'd like to share with you all some concepts. Our program is about taking the mental health field, a place where you can ask your questions or to share your comments. We are available now to take your question or your comment, so therefore you can call in to 718-683-5858. That's 718 718- 683-5858, and you can always text in, but of course we take the voice call-ins over those that text in. So the number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. I'm looking forward to taking your question or your comment. We're going to start with a text that we've got that's coming in, and we're going to take it as it goes. Why a child is five or six, and I know your disclaimer that we usually don't deal with children, that is well-trained, but recently I found him quite a few times unclean, about once a week. Is this an issue for an MDO therapist or just a regular parenting? So I'm not sure if you're discussing the bathroom going or not and having an accident, which means it could be very common for this to happen, and that's what's really needed. So I'm not sure what the issue is. Not sure if the kid is very busy, not sure if there's a little fear or concern, not sure if you need to talk and spend some time communicating. So it's extremely important to be able to get more information. However, just on a basic level, this is quite common for a five, six-year-old to want to hold it in, and sometimes it could be the simple reasons of they're embarrassed to go to the bathroom in yeshiva or in school, or they're too busy playing, or whatever else it could be that, that there might just happen, and they need to be reminded and taught. So this is part of the growing process that's normal to have. I'm going to read to you another question that we've got just from my phone line. And the question goes as follows. Thank you so much, Mr. Weinberger. You should know that you're making a tremendous difference in my life. Hashem should always be together with you and lots of luck. I must point out that your book is fantastic, no words. Thanks again, and have a wonderful night. I want to ask a question. Sometimes I could be in a great mood, but when a family member is very stressed and keeps on complaining and screaming, it starts affecting me the entire day. How can I stay strong and not get affected from others' bad moods? And I feel your question really needs to be divided into several different components. And let's start with part number one. Number one is that, Baruch Hashem, you're in a good mood, you see your life changing, and a huge part of your life gets better. Now, what happens is, you're around a family member that's stressed, keeps on complaining and screaming. Notice that there are three different levels here. Stressed, then there's the very stressed that you say, so I would call very stressed as level one. Keeps on complaining is a level two, and screaming is a level three. And what I'd like us to recognize is that when you're around anyone, forget about a family member, that is stressed, that complains, and that screams, it will affect you, number one. Harav Nissen, do you agree? What would you say to that if we're around people that are stressed or complaining, and then they start screaming? Isn't it normal for it to affect us? And, yeah, the concept is that, of course it will. Then there is the next level, which is, that it affects you the entire day, here's where we do have some choices. How can I stay strong and not get affected from other people's moods? What I'd like you to recognize is part of your growth is not to not get affected. It's to recognize that you're human and you will get affected. But what we do, what we discuss is the concept of self-care. What self-care means 
is that we have a way to recharge our batteries. So you will have some protective systems what to be doing. You'll have a way that you won't have it affecting you all day, that it can happen, and then you will be able to recognize and how to balance yourself. Okay, I'm stressed because this person was yelling, screaming. They might have made me responsible. They might have caused other stuff. Once we can identify what is happening and that we get stressed and tense from that, that's when we can start working on changing what is happening. Now let's go to, we've got a caller over here, and we're going to, just to remind everyone, the number to call in is 718-683-5858, and we're going to go to Mrs. M.S. Mrs. M.S., you're on with Mordechai and Issam. Hello. Yes. Hi, I want to know, is there, do you have any suggestions, any tips on how to retain yourself in a mental state of mind in a specific place when, like, everything else changed? Kind of like you want to retain a good, positive place, but your, the surroundings are different, kind of like a transition, but with, you want to retain the previous so state of mind and mental health and whatever. Okay, so let's understand. So your question is, how do you maintain a certain state of mind when you're going through the transition stages, correct? Uh Uh-huh. Now, if you can give me some more information, some more details, I can work on that. I'm going to give an example of um, girls coming back from our sister after a year or boys and kind of like you had so much there and your whole being was different, and suddenly you're thrown back into Wait, the again. world. Wait, say you doing what when you were away in Israel, you were saying? Away in Eretz Israel and seminary and yeshiva and whatever, and suddenly you get put back into life that you changed, but life didn't, but life didn't change. And kind of how do you create a new reality with the one that you want versus the one that there uh, is? That is there one is. of the major challenges that happen, and, and I'll share with you two different experiences. I have an acquaintance, I had an acquaintance of someone that unfortunately for a short while he did something that wasn't legal and he was caught, found guilty, and he was in jail. He was put in prison for several months. And when I met him about three, four years after that, and he tells me, you know, Mordechai will sound crazy. He said, but sometimes I wish I could go back to prison just for a week. He said, there was a certain clarity. You're away from the world. You see how false that whole rat race that we're all in. He says, and he says, and like I had it with me, he says, for about a year after that. He says, but then you go back to your old environment, and all of a sudden, and for a while you know that you want to be different, but then you get caught up into it. Does that make sense? Now, that's a very extreme example what he's giving, but it's still true. And then there is a second example where that happens is, and in the more extreme places where they have for I don't want to use it for the teens at risk, but many times what they have for the teenagers that are on um, some negative behaviors where they send them to these facilities, let's say for six weeks, where it's like a boot camp training. And what they find is that these kids straighten themselves out, but once they go back to their old environment, then a lot of those old programs start kicking in. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Now, the question is, how do you retain it? And that's one of the strong, there are several points. Number one is having a strong support group from the old system, from the newer system. It means let's say you spend some time with the seminary friends that you have, you connect with them. Let's say you have, you speak to a teacher there or, or something along those lines. Make sense? 
one of the no, one of the steps are to also realize that there is a process where you want to integrate the new information into your daily life. It means when we're on vacation and we say, "Oh, I want to remain calm all day." Coming back to reality, to real world, means there is going to be a lot happening. But you want to be able to say, so remain peaceful, remain calm, grounded. What's your goal? Stay that way. And the goal of a vacation is not to always live on the vacation level. The goal of vacation is to recharge and to remember, how can you have a balanced life today? So let me ask you, what can you do to balance your life with the information that you got? I guess you're saying kind of like make commitments and like cabalos and those kind of things that like will yes, keep but you. Yes, very important. Go back to the first one with the support system. You want to have help. You want to have balance. When you have a support system, it keeps it grounded. When you're alone, it's very hard to do things alone. Mm-hmm. So if you, let's say, you want to keep certain feelings or certain awareness, Hang, have a friend or two that's along those lines. That's the power of support groups. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, what would you say is the idea to this? Someone that's coming back from seminary, they want to keep the feeling. They're coming back to America or to wherever they're going to, and, you know, the old life starts kicking in. <laughs> this is a, you know everything in life you know, when we starting uh, when we're uh, using a, like a greenhouse you know like seminar yeshiva it's something without uh, kind of obligation and stuff like this and suddenly you have to start all over again and fill the ground you know the world didn't change I think that I, I mentioned it a uh, few times that uh, I remember myself after the war coming back to Tel Aviv and see all the restaurant and everything is open and you know and I, I, I had my my own kind of experience losing a friend and uh, you know you have to have to start to understand that we come back welcome to the real world and doing our Ishtadlut continue uh, connect ourselves with Borei Olam and uh, see what can we influence what we what you bring from your seminar or your Shiva to your internal life and around the surrounding. This is yeah. something that you have to take to, to, uh, to influence around your life. And don't, don't, don't forget where you come from and where you're going to. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank, Thank you. you for that. I do appreciate it. You're welcome. And I'll the number to in. call in is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And we have Mrs. GM on the line. GM, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Hi. Hi, Mordechai. Uh, thank you. So my question, can you hear me? Yes, loud and Okay, clear. great. So my question is, um, I, I eat at night um, after I eat dinner, and then I don't sleep well, and then it affects my whole day. So I'm asking you for some kind of, I don't know, cognitive technique or some other kind of technique that I can use. If, I, if, I, if it was easy for me, I would probably put a lock on the refrigerator at night to create some distance between me and what's in the refrigerator. But that's too difficult to do. Uh, it's just not possible. I only keep healthy food in the house uh, almost all the time. Occasionally, I might have a little bit of chocolate in the house, but other than that, 
I, I don't keep anything with sugar or flour or any of that in the house, but still, it really upsets my sleep, and then it upsets my day. So, is there any, do you have a suggestion? Wait, let me understand the issue. What is the issue? The issue is that whatever is in the house, I'm going to eat it. Um, even, even if, if it's I healthy, what's the problem if it's healthy? So you eat healthy because because if I have food in my stomach, I don't sleep well, and I and I toss and turn, or I get up feeling exhausted, and then I have a rotten day because I didn't sleep well. Right, so I'm not a great question, sleeper anyway. But if I you're doing, or is it because you're actually hungry? Like, I'm sorry, I didn't hear the, the beginning of, of what of your question. Today is the diet is focus on to have several smaller meals where this way you're full or. And many times when we try starving ourselves, even if we have supper, we're still going to be hungry because the brain is still saying we're hungry. So the goal is to remain full throughout the day that we don't have to binge eat. Or is it emotional eating that there are certain stressors and then you're eating? Which would you say is the, is the point of well, eating I wouldn't say it's. I wouldn't say it's because I'm, I'm not full. I would just say that I don't have the self-control and... Like if I don't, see, sometimes I have to go into the kitchen for something at, at night. So I try not to do that. Like, like lately if I've been taking uh, a Motrin or something before I go to sleep, I put the bottle of pills next to my bed so I don't have to, and I happen to be able to swallow it without water, so there's no reason for me to go into the kitchen. But sometimes there is a reason, and I forgot to do something, and I have to go into the kitchen when it's already bedtime. And then I just, uh, you know... Especially if I open, once I'm in the kitchen, I'm a little bit weak already. And if I open the fridge just to see what's in there, I'm going to eat cause, <laughs> because I, the reason is because I enjoy food, because there isn't very much I enjoy in my life. And that's what I enjoy. So I don't know how, I don't know how to control that. I did, I did once read something, um, which I do sometimes. I do have a television and the psychologist said if you create some distance, like if you put the remote control in another room, the tendency is that we're not going to bother. It's difficult for us. You have to first go into another room to get it. You're not going to do it. Uh, and Mordechai. so that worked. You um, know, I, uh, most yeah. of the time yes. I... Okay. I, may I interfere with this, you know? Please, I think the best way is to put the luck in the, in the fridge, you know, uh-huh. and with a combination, with, you know, and put away the key. All, all around, you know, this, this will be, and they, if this will be help to sleep, and I would say that uh, some kind of, uh, you know, herbal tea that, uh, you know, coming down, like valeriana, stuff like this, will be, uh, uh, you know, it will be helping to sleep. We I have, agree, uh, and also with what she said, that she does it for so much emotional eating, yes. like she doesn't have much, too much happiness in other places, so the focus is, don't focus on the food, how do we focus on happiness? Yes. And work on that, and then Merit Hashem, it should get easier. Be'ezat Hashem. So we have yeah. right now, and unfortunately we lost her, so we just, we have uh, Mrs. H. Uh, Mrs. Yes, H. Mrs. H. Hi, you're on with Mordechai and Nisim. Hi, good evening, Rabbi Weinberger. How are you tonight? Baruch Hashem, fantastic. And I would also like to share with people the number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718 I'm looking forward to taking your question or your comment. Yes, Mrs. H. First of all, I'm enjoying to be with you on the line already. Looking forward, and I enjoy your hotline very much. It's actually a treat when I call in, I listen. I like it very much. Um, my question is like this. I find a lot when I deal with people, when like something doesn't go my way, like I don't like what they're doing or they get me nervous, I get very frustrated and annoyed. Like now I'm running a decamp, and 
let's say a counselor or my assistant or whatever is not doing something the way I want it or like whatever it is that I like want, I get very frustrated, angry, annoyed, and like I find even afterwards, I when I calm down, I see I could have dealt with the situation so much calmer. But like when I'm in the situation, I'm like get so like heated up. I want to know how if you give me some tips, some exercises, how I could stay in the situation and handle it more properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Arvnissa, what would you say about this? Because this is a, a real manager position question. And you know, until we'll get Arvnissa, I'll, I'll give you my opinion, and then we'll hear Arvnissa's opinion. So your question is again that you run a day camp, there are a lot of people that stress you out, and you get very caught up into the stress or, or people's issues or people's tension, right, or what they're doing, and then afterwards you regret it because you see there could have been a different response, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So first let's recognize that you're 100% normal. And let's explain a little bit about how stress works, and I don't want to use the word anxiety. I'd like to use the word stress and tension because that is what happens in managerial positions. What happens is that when, imagine you have a tolerance, a scale from 1 to 10. 10, when it's the highest, is when we get stressed. Now, if you would just have to run the day camp, then your stress level might be a 5, 6, 7. But what happens when you start doing two, three different jobs? I mean, getting the trips speaking to parents that are complaining, maybe even being the head counselor and, like, being involved and you're doing six or seven jobs, then your tolerance level is almost at all times at the 10, which means now when you're going to have someone that will take more energy, which will now be at that 11, 12, 13, and you don't have it, automatically we get stressed. So Mm -hmm. what the basic tools that people try to do is, and there's a lot of concepts in the business structure of how to run a business, And the concept is about chain stores. Chain stores are sort of, they like using the turnkey system. And that means, imagine you go to Best Buy, an electronic store. Every store will look the same. Every store will have the same policies. And then it takes the stress out of the managers. Because you try to do something, this is the system, it's not the system. We'll take our loss or the customer will have their loss. Which means the manager doesn't have to stop thinking. When you're dealing with a company that doesn't have official rules, then you've got to start coming up with it. Whenever you tell a parent, no, or we need to change the price, they'll go, come on, why? They'll start pushing you out of your safety, after your, out of your safety zone, or they'll start questioning, which now takes a lot of mind power. Now, if you've got four other jobs besides for customer service, besides for parents that want to pick up the kids earlier, send my nephew or my niece to the other one, you're now doing so many jobs, and it's normal to get stressed. When you're stressed, when your tension level is high, your decision-making goes down, your ability. There's a front part of the frontal lobes, the front part of the brain which comes up with new ideas. Under stress, it goes down to almost nothing. So you're going to become in a reaction mode instead of the thinking mode. So instead of being calm and relaxed, someone tells you, oh, you run a horrible camp. Oh, yeah, and do you know how horrible your kid is? It was, you're not able to say, I hear what you're saying. Please call back tomorrow and we'll deal with it. So number one is to start setting up official rules that even you're committed to. Mm-hmm. Does, does that help you out on some level? Some level, but I find besides for making decisions, even like some, like whatever that person did is like, hello, you couldn't understand, like I wanted it, like I explained it to you, like I would get like so right now, hold away. Hold on a second, let's get in. Notice what type of a person thinks along those lines. 
What type of person says, you should get it the first time? Is it a person that's calm? Is it a person that realizes that there's time to work it out? Or is that a person that's highly stressed and needs everything done the first time? Yeah, or like short-tempered and like quick. That's right. Now, what type of a person gets short-tempered? Now, let me ask you something. Are you that way during the winter also, or is it during day camp time, season? Um, it happens, I guess, whenever I work with people that get... No, it could happen wait, wait, all the time. Wait, wait, finish the It works whenever you work with... Pe- it happens whenever you work with people that... Finish that sentence. That lets you get me nervous. I don't know, that are a little Bingo. slower than me. Wait, that, wait, like, explain, get you get nervous. It. Get you nervous means you expect them to know it, then it might be a perfectionist issue. If it's when you're dealing with people that might pull you out of your safety zone, that's a different issue. Mm-hmm. So which would you say? Is it that you expect perfection? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, all I want, I prepared an activity. It, like, I imagine the people I have back counselors thought, oh, I'll already do it a different way, and it was so nerdy. I get upset. Like, I worked hard, you know, such kind of things. So, yeah, it's probably more like I, I was expecting exactly how I wanted it to be, and it wasn't. So maybe, yeah. Right. Okay. okay, so now let's clarify. So let's go take this to a different level. This is a different level of managing. And what this level of managing is understanding that there is a concept in the parenting concept as well as in all big companies. And it's, again, if we didn't train the person exactly the way they want, we wanted, it will not happen. It will not right. happen. And now what you need to realize in that position is that you actually want to train them. So let's go back to the muscle of Best Buy. In order to own a, a Best Buy store or to become a manager in these things, the, the top three people need to get the actual training for about two to three weeks, and you go like to a Best Buy center where they train you. They teach you the computer systems. They have someone come down. They have to be there for several months. That will be in your store and help work everything out. It means if you want a Best Buy to be a Best Buy, it's got to have their training in that way. Now, most times when we don't train our teachers, we don't train our staff members, to have room to get training how to do that, and we expect them to get it right the first time. Do you think they will understand it and appreciate it, or do you think they will get tense and more stressed if you don't give them the patience or the understanding and the, and the training? Right. No, they'll like it more, of course. That's right. So now what your goal is to start recognizing that you are a person in a manager position, and if you want something done, it's important for you to train the people. So and if it's in the situation, your expectations of the role. It's not that they should get it. It's that you need a little training how to be a manager. Manager means they won't get it. No, they won't get it. No, till the fifth time of doing it, they won't get it unless you will train them ahead of time how to do it correctly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So don't expect them in- to figure it out. You might be able to figure it out, but that's also why you're head of the day camp. There's a reason why certain people are entrepreneurs, certain people are running, and certain people aren't. Right. Yeah, but this is a, this is in a situation that um, you know I'm dealing with the people like at a long a longer term. But what if I start, I have a a workmate or something that I'm just oh, once or twice train, that I train patience train got to train them. I have to think in my mind that the person did not get it. I need a. I need time till they catch it. Like, why do I get worked up so fast? That's there is a my point. Now I got everything the point along of the- those lines. So now this is already. Hold on. Now is already therapy, and here's where our conversation will end. 
I can show you the information. If you're not able to let go, that's now where you take one-on-one therapy. Where you start going into your past, your parents. Are you running several roles? There's now an entire evaluation that gets done. Uh-huh. So the information is understand it's normal. You need training and how to be a manager and what your expectation is. Thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. And just know that people like you make it because you have the dream and the vision. Now you need the ability to hold on to what you have and for people to like you and appreciate you. We're going to go to Mrs. R. You're on the air with Mordechai and Herb Nissen. Hello. Yes. Thank you for taking my call. I have a question. I'm actually calling in for my husband. Um, I've heard you answer such questions before, so I'm hoping that you can help. My husband is recently in the year for his father. Yes. I'm sorry, I cannot. You're very, very low. I can't hear you. All right, let's give it a shot. Let's see what we can do. Okay, that's a little better. All right. Um, So he now has to dive in before the omit, and he has a stutter. And he's finding that it's unpredictable. He doesn't know how it's going to be, and therefore... And you really heard me answer this in the past? No, 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 not this exact, but I've heard you help people when it comes to davening, and I've heard you give them very good advice and them calling you back. Right, and that's when they call in directly because I'm able to identify what their fear is. Right, so he's not comfortable calling in, so I was wondering if you can try to help him through me. It's very difficult. There could be a thousand issues that's holding him back. Could be a fear of making a mistake. Could be right. Well, yeah, that's what it is. It's the fear of stuttering and that getting worse, meaning like the snowball effect sort of. Right, but there's the fear of stuttering comes from something, and that's where we need your husband on the phone. When you're afraid of stuttering, what's the emotional component to it? What are you afraid of that people? Were people knocking you down in the past? Are you able to just move on? Do you have your value? Mm-hmm. Do you know there is so much more? I could just okay, let me a short go, version. I, let me go call him and ask him if he'd like to get on the phone, okay? Good, so I'll tell you what, we're going to go, we'll put you on hold, we're going to go to Mrs. TZ now. Okay. And then okay. you can speak to your husband, and we'll come back to you right after that. Mrs. TZ, you're on the line with Mordechai. And her- yes, I just wanted to say thank you. I listened to your workshop on anxiety to serenity. Yes. I don't have text, and I wanted to tell you, I have a friend who's a Kala, and I know that she suffers from anxiety. And as we were signing up, my husband suggested maybe that we also also should sign her up, and I signed her up as well. And she told me that I bought her the most valuable gift for life because this is really going to take her far. I also wanted to tell you that for myself. Hello? Hold on. First on the first one, I just want to tell you thank you. It's an honor and for me to be such a shleach without even knowing about that. And I just want you and your husband to realize how special you are because how many people do we know that are out there that are paying for other people to take a workshop? So that's very, very special. I find this to be the right shleich to help her that much. And for you to really appreciate how special you and your husband are. Thank okay, you. I, she shared with me, I asked her what part of it did she gain from. And she told me that she plays, she's a pianist, and she was called to a big camp to come play for Shabbos Nachmu. And she wanted to take the job offer because she wanted to build her name. And her mother told her it can't work out with her, with her schedule to go shopping, and she had to drop the going up to the country for it. And she said, when she thought about it, she said, really, why did she want to go up? Because she wanted to build her name. But she said, I'm not controlling Hashem. If Hashem wants me to have a name in music, I'll get it another way. It doesn't have to be this way. And she learned from the workshop to let go of the control of Hashem. Beautiful. Beautiful. That is so nice. Yeah. That's, and for myself, I, I want to I tell you that I... When I want things my way, 
and I learned a lot from Harav Nissen on this one point. You know that sometimes I want things, and, and Harav Nissen is someone that just lets go. Such an easygoing person, right, Harav Nissen? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I want to tell you that for myself, I made a list of the positive things about myself, the strengths and talents, and I started working on the positive bank account, and I see it really, really has an effect. I found myself talking to people and not being so intimidated by them, and I was able to say that it's okay to make a mistake, and I forgot it's something. Nothing happened to me if I forgot. I'm human. Um, and I really enjoyed the line that you said that only the strong people can show their weakness. Yeah. It keeps on going in my mind, and I share it with other people, and it really, really brings the point home. Yeah, thank you. I want to just say thank you for me and my husband. They're so simple, but when it's clear on how to use it and you utilize it, there's such power to it. So thank you so much for that. And we really, really enjoy your line. It's our highlight of the week. Thank you, thank you. And Harvnison really, really, really is special. I I mean, it's close. Thank you. Hashem should repay you. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Thank you. What would you say about the stutter? Let's go see if the lady's on the one with the husband that stutters. That's Mrs. R, I think? Yes. Yes. Yes, hello. Hold on a second, please. Sure. Thank you. Hello. Yes, thank you for being so brave to come on air. I I don't really hear you. I said thank you for being so brave to call on air. Oh, thank you. You, Thank you. You're welcome. Good. So I heard from your wife that the question is that, unfortunately, Nebuchadnezzar, within the air, you have to daven for the Yamid, and you're yes. concerned because you might have a stutter once in a while. I do have. Not like, you do have. Now, I, I might have. I actually have. Sometimes it's just harder. Sometimes it's just easier. Sometimes I think, okay, it's, it's going to be easier. But then all of a sudden, I will have a, set, a setback on it. Like, what's this over here? Yeah. Now, let me ask you, what's the feeling if you have a setback? And let me explain to you what I mean. These recordings, let's say, now on the radio with Rav Nissen, do you know the amount of times that sometimes someone can call up complaining? Or I can think about, I should have responded differently. That's the regret. That's the position of a leadership position. Is is always, I should have, I could have, I would have. That's just the messiah. Now, when you have that doubt, what is the self-talk that your brain says? When you start studying a little, what does your mind say? Oh, everyone's going to make fun of me. No one's going to like me. I'll be a failure. No one, they'll never want me to go to the Ahmed. What? What's the thoughts that go through your process? Um, uh, honestly, I can't tell you exactly, but one thing I know what, what, with what you just ended off, that's one of the fears that I have, that people are going to say, he should not step to the, to the, to the, to the Ahmed. Yeah. That's fear of rejection. Uh, two, right? Good. So now let's go ahead and deal a little bit with the fear of rejection. But that's not the only thing that I have. That's right. What else? It's just the after effect only. That's I actually part. have a fear. It's not, not very, very good to go and end up. And, uh, and, I, and I'm not even able to say a, 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 say a Kaddish properly. Yeah. Now, what can have you let go that it's okay to not say a Kaddish properly? Uh, again, again, please. I don't because I don't. Can give I don't you hear the you peacefulness properly. Peacefulness within yourself, the ease within yourself that it's okay if you if you don't know if you don't say the right Kaddish. If you don't Me say Kaddish, properly, think to myself, what, what, how, how, what will help me? Yeah. What would help? If I think to myself, so what's going to happen yeah. if it, it won't be so 
perfect. That's well, I have no problem, problem with it, actually. I have no problem if it's not going to be so question. Notice, so I asked fluent. one and you answered similar but different. My question is, what will give you peace? What will give you ease? That even if you make a mistake. So I know that Harunissan likes my program. And if yeah. not, we work it out when not. I know that if I do a program, I know I have someone that likes it. Mm-hmm. What will give you at peace that when you say Kaddish, you're safe, even if it's not good? How about if you'd have the Gabe tell you, we have a lot of people in the shul that started in the past, don't worry about it, it's okay. Would that, that probably you would, would help me, yes. Mm-hmm. Actually, when, when, I started, when I, I started out, I even had a few people stepped over, over and said, be, said, said that to me, I'm very, 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 very proud of it, to be strong. That's right. And that now, actually helped me, but now recently I didn't, I didn't have it. I am very proud of you that you're calling in, and so many people are listening, and you're willing to allow the stutter to happen. That's huge. Okay, thank you. But I want you to know, I want you to call in. I'm purposely keeping the conversation going because I want you to see how easy and how it's okay for you to make a mistake. So do I in so many places. Okay. The way to get to leadership, the way to succeed is by allowing yourself to make those mistakes. Some, there's something else that really hurts hurt, hurt, hurt exactly. me. Good, exactly. That's what we do. What else Me there? also afterwards. When I'm finished, everybody's just like escapes from, from the bus medrash. Like, yeah. we don't want have to have to, have to look at him. We don't want to have to, we don't want to have to embarrass him. Yes. That's one way of I looking at it. Notice again the negative self-talk. Tell me Let's hello. stop a second. Well, Notice the you. self-talk of rejection. Hold on. Since you feel people are rejecting you, that is your brain's defense or your distortion, cognitive distortion it's called. So you believe that people are rejecting you. Anything they do, you're going to interpret through the lens of rejection. Right. Now, okay. I used to daven for the Yamas when I davened by, for my father. My father's nifter, it's now just over six years. I used to daven at the 745 minion. If you know in Borough Park at that time where I davened, 830 is when the, you had to move your cars. So every Monday or Thursday, whichever day it was, twice a week, by 830, three-quarters of the minion packed out. And if sometimes I was left with almost barely a minion that I had to start speeding up to make sure there's a minion for Kaddish. If I have to start bringing people up and down, it was a whole process. Now, there are many ways of viewing what, of, of taking that view, which means I was begging the Gabi, please change my slot. I want to dive at a 7.30 minion or at an 8 o'clock minion. And they told me, Mordechai, no one can last at the 745 minion because it's so hard and so much stress. If you go quicker, then people don't like it quicker. If it's slower, then too many people complain. You need, and you're the only guy that's able to handle the abuse. Okay. So I used to look at it as a punishment. Because I'm strong, I am suffering more. On the other hand, because I'm strong, I was able to handle more. Can you change your view that people love you and no one cares if you stutter or not because everyone has a chassarin in their life? 
means when someone davens for the Yomit, do you, do, before you daven for the Yomit, did you ever, they have a word in Yiddish, batracht, the other baltfila, would you ever stay and think about, consider and start focusing on what the other person is? I never stood in this man thinking, what kind of a tefillah is he, what kind of tefillah is he? Exactly, and I promise you they do the same about you. Now, since inside you have that fear of rejection, now you have a lens of rejection, and whatever someone does, your brain's going to go, you see, they're rejecting me. You see, that's another rejection. Okay. If you can change the image, everyone loves me. Moshe Rabbeinu, he was a kvad peh. Mm-hmm. Everyone wanted to hear what he said from the Rabbeinu Shalaylam. That's all we care about. There's a hush of that I know. I haven't met him many times, but this person had a stroke, and he speaks very difficult. The amount of people that run to him for brachas, even though they don't understand him, because you like the person, has nothing to do with their outside or their way of speaking. If there's a koyach within, you want to be around the person. The question is, how can you start feeling within yourself that you are the most loved baltfila? And I want to hear, Rav Nissen, what, what do you say to this? Because this is a, in their feeling. You know, I, I would say that, uh, first of all, when you're standing in Amud, you know, you have to understand that you don't look in the people. You look in the Borei Olam. When you daven, you daven for who? You daven for all the klal, but Borei you're Olam. facing yeah. the Borei Olam. And not a, anyone pray with a kavana, with a good attention, with the right, you know, especially when you say the Kaddish, Amen, you know, all this, it's changing the world. And you know the story about the Baal Shem Tov with the guy, the boy with the whistle that, you know, this is, yes, this, you know, that don't look at the people. People, you know, almost every shul, when they come to Alenu Shabeach is empty, you know, just people running, as Mordechai said, to, to parking lot, people running, running to the work, job, and stuff like this. So you don't have to look at the people, you know, look, and I know when, I'm th- when I pray, I don't pray for the people. I'm trying to see my praying going up to heaven. It's mm-hmm. not, it, it's, it, this is the kavanah, this is the inner kavanah. And when you face it, and you see the wording coming from your mouth out to the heaven, and you are the shaliach tzibur, you are the lawyer of this crowd and stuff like this, you know. So you feel zuk. As, as Rabbi Mordechai said about Moshe Rabbeinu, he was kvat peh. But everybody want waiting to his praying. If I may say, Rav Nissen got the amount of compliments that Rav Nissen got when we're on the program saying he's not originally from America, and he's on, and his English or his pronunciation sometimes could be a little off. And look at the way he's on, look at the revolution he has created, Baruch Hashem. And all we think about Rav Nissen is the information that he has, how great it is, the, the concepts. Especially, I love his program. Just the title of the program that he has, that is, if I can, so can you. Harav Nissen is someone that's got building up what I can do, what you can do. Do you see what the focus is on? The focus is Harav Nissen is such a special person. Are we going to focus, does he have in his person? <laughs> <laughs> we lost the guy. Yeah. 
Okay. Anyhow, so hopefully, Merit Hashem, that was able to help him. Be'ezat Are we going to go to Mrs. T? Yes. Hi. Hello? Yeah, hello. Yes, hi. And just before we'll take your question, the number to call in, for those of you that would like, is 718-683-5858-718-683-5858. Yes, Mrs. T. Yeah. Hi, okay. First, I have to tell you thank you, because we had a challenge in the family that we didn't face. We just put it on, pushed it under the carpet, and thanks to your program, we really... Uh, 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 went and uh, ke- um, we went ahead and we uh, got help for the challenge that we were sent. Yes. Oh, so instead of so, what you're saying is it was a difficulty, and normally it would have mm-hmm. been buried and pushed under the under the carpet. Under and the because carpet, you heard the program, and now we just we just went for help. And and how are things happening now that it's moving to now that you're going for help? Uh, Hashem, it is. Uh, the beginning of the long road. Yeah. But it is a good beginning. Baruch Hashem. Thank you. Again, it, it's such a, I find it such a schuss to be able to do this. Yeah, I thank the Rabbi Nishleilam. Yeah. So to my uh, questions, it's actually three questions related one to the other. Go so, ahead. Let's uh, hear all three questions together. Maybe we could do almost like Yosef Atzad. They can do one to answer all. You know, this one, that one, and they're all one. Mm. Okay, the first is, uh, what is uh, psychotherapy and what do we try to achieve through it? Okay. The second is, um, the Dayunim uh, weren't too happy that we're going to see uh, a psychologist that is not um, uh, an observant Jew. Yeah. So I'd like to know uh, your point of view as a therapist. Yeah. And the third is... Uh, as he is a, a male, and I have a problem doing one-on-one with him, I want to know if there's any benefit staying with him because we went to family therapy to him so he knows all the uh, history, or it's no difference if I switch to a female. Okay, so I am now going to share with you not psakhalacha because everyone has to work with yeah, it. Yeah, I know. This is yeah, I understand. But I will just share with you the psakhalachas that I got because I do work with women, and let, let's do number one. What is psychotherapy? Psychotherapy is a very fancy word for a job that only therapists are licensed to do. It means it's not coaching, and it's about going into a disorder. It means if there is an illness, a disorder. It's not giving chizuk. It's not coaching. It's actually going into the disorder and identifying where it is and doing various tools of therapy that should help the situation get better. And there are hundreds of different types of modalities. They are usually the top ten that almost everyone uses. And from there, we go into it. And we're able to identify and treat. And sometimes if those don't work, then you use medication or other stuff as well. So psychotherapy is a concept of way of changing the mind's way of either thinking, feeling, or whatever else it should be, certain distorted ways of thinking. Does that make sense what therapy is? Uh, yeah. By changing the way of thinking, and sometimes by doing different behaviors, you will now change other stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is what psychotherapy is. Now, which modality already tells you, usually for different diagnosis, you will use different modalities, different tools. So, for example, I have very little, or I should say I have no experience building a house. Would I build a house? No. 
I don't understand how to read plans. I don't understand well, you know, what two-by-fours need. I don't know about the support system. I don't know about anything. The foundation, I know zero. Now, many people think that they know therapy when they don't. And unfortunately, the harbonus we see. Many people don't need therapy, and for whatever reason, certain therapists still keep them, which they shouldn't, or they're going longer than they should, or the therapist isn't experienced enough or doesn't have training or supervision, and therefore many times they give therapists a bad name. But generally, a therapist is someone that's able to deal with a disorder. That's psychotherapy. Okay? okay? Now, Diane, I'm not happy about going to someone that is not from. There is a very good reason for that. Let me clarify. I know someone very close that went about six months ago, was even a client of mine. I made the referral because I heard there was a certain therapist that's very good in this and this area. And it came up about a certain separate subject, not that was part of the therapy. And this non-from therapist said, you have to realize in the orthodox world, this is a problem. In the rest of the world, it's not a problem. So I'm not going to treat it. Just know it's not a problem. That is the danger of going to a non-from therapist where they're not culturally sensitive and, or when it's worse, when they could say, this is terrible. How could you have such a thing? Or when that non-from therapist doesn't know how, when to ask her of. Like, oh, you have a problem? And in the past, in the old times, they used to have an issue. The, the problem was they used to look at religion as a disorder. It means they saw from person, they thought, oh, we're closed-minded, we're crazy, all those stuff, that was the old view of religion. So when today, now let's go to the next level, there are Dayanima, when you speak to Rabbana, I'm not going to say which ones, you can't go on my psak, but when there are certain clients that we need to send to non-from therapists, I work with several big Rabbanim, and the Rabbanim usually always say yes, but we have to make sure that they don't get into hashkafa or keep in contact with the Rav if there's a Hashkafa question that came up that you have now, which Rav to have the Hashkafa question with? Because it could happen. And that is mm-hmm. something to be aware of. I means to give a blanket concept saying, yes, go to non from therapists, it's not a problem. App, there can be issues. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Uh, we were in contact with our Dayanim constantly. So Excellent. So if like the Rav told go you one this... One, good. So if the Rav told you you could go to this non-from therapist, but discuss it with us, or if there's a problem, tell us about it. And many times the therapists need a little education, and they're willing to speak to Dayanim. In other words, work mm-hmm. with your Rav, work with your system. Because I know that the Rabbanim look at the medical field, the emotional field, as a medical illness. And they usually will give you the heter, but it's how. Just like a Hatzalah member can drive on Shabbos and do everything that's needed, but you want to be able to do it, there are just rules. You have to still speak to the Rav. You still have to ask the Rav. Keep the Rav involved if there are questions. So he would prefer that I, I should switch to somebody that is that is religious, but we will refer to him because of Again, that. So you got to speak to has. the Rav. That's where you got to speak to the Rav. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which means, if you call up a Rav, for example, many people go Rav, should I go to an arm from therapist? What do you think a Rav is going to answer? Uh, uh, no. But if you, the Rav exactly, knows right? you, if you go down to the Rav, this is the situation. This is the referral we got. This therapist is the mm-hmm. best for this. Should we go? Not those mm-hmm. general questions like, you know, people call up. I have a certain rub where people, where husbands and wives, many times they call up, could I do this, could I do that? The rub says, my number is not 1-800-HETER. 
my, you have, these are serious questions, come down and let's discuss. And they go, but I'm too embarrassed to discuss it to you. I don't want you to know who I am. Well, then how could you ask a very serious question and not be willing to work it out? So my question to you is, mm-hmm. does the Rav know you? Does the Rav know the case? Does he understand oh, yes, why he the therapist? And he still told you to switch therapist? Uh, he didn't tell me, but he's like, uh, maybe we can. He didn't tell me uh, directly. So, so then I'm you run it by him. Well, do should we or shouldn't we? We spoke to, to the referral sources, and they told us he is the best out there. You speak to your Rav. What does the Rav say then? Uh, when we went for family therapy, he said it's fine. It's just when he, I want to go one-on-one, he has a problem. Okay, so now if the problem is Hilchus Yichud, or things like that, about mm-hmm. Yichud issues, so then it you is work the it out? Pro- it's more the Yichud problem than the uh So there the are a lot of it here. I had clients where I worked with the wives, and generally there isn't a, the, whatever, there's, there's heterim, how I'm allowed to work with women, and the therapist's office, the doors are always unlocked, someone can come in and out at all times. There's a lot of stuff there. But I had certain clients where the rough said, even that's not okay, and the husband was in the waiting room with the door open to drop, and we had a loud noisemaker on because the wife had, a, let's say, wanted to feel the husband's not listening in. Not that it was an issue, but that was, you know, to feel comfortable. You work. If it's a therapist that's willing to work with you, there are a there's a way to do a there's no problem with You could even have mm-hmm. your husband in the room and have earphones on. I had that once. All the mm-hmm. sessions. But that, that's the question. Should I put my husband through that? He Again, has to the question is, why is that for you? Therapy is a medical procedure. If Chas Vashon, this was another illness, what would you do? Remember, emotional disorders affect you, affect your spouse, affect your children, and affect generations. We've got grandchildren suffering from anxiety and major disorders because the grandparents didn't get for help. The beauty of what uh, this program that this is allowing on the program is that people are being aware of what's going on out there. Mm-hmm. If you realize that if you don't get better, Chas Shalom, how will your life, your husband's life, and everyone else be affected? Well, that's why we went for therapy, because we didn't realize that. Good. So now if you need the best or whoever else is out there, you work through the Rav and you see how to work it out. Mm-hmm. Okay, Does and that answer the question? question is it, hmm? What's your question? What? Uh, is, uh, if, it's, um, if I benefit through staying with him because he knows the family history? It definitely makes it a lot easier. However, if the rough tells you change, or if you need to change for that reason, so another therapist will do well. Let's deal with what we have. I, yeah, I know, I just want to know my cards. Again, it's easier to stay, but let's deal with what we have. Let's not get trapped. It's almost like we're trapped over here. It is, yes. And let's let go of that trap. If you can stay with him, the Rav says it's okay. You worked it out, Hilchus Yichud, problems with your Rav, then it's no problem. If you can't Mm -hmm. work out Hilchus Yichud, then this guy's not the right shliach for now. That's what we do. Then the Rabbi Shalom will have someone else in mind for you. Mm-hmm. No, we are in the middle of working out the Yichas problem, so I was thinking, like, maybe I should just switch to the female, and that's it. So if you're asking me, this is my opinion, if the therapist knows mm-hmm. the whole situation and can also work with your husband and work with the whole situation, I'd recommend you work out the Yichas problem and you stay. Much mm-hmm. easier to okay. stay in someone that already knows the weaknesses, what's going on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So thank you. You really helped me.
You're very welcome. Just continue the process of getting better or whoever else is involved. Just continue the process with Siata Deshmaya. We change generations. Generations. Harav Nissen, what are your thoughts on the matter? Because you know... Yes, I want to say that our experience, you know, it's something that really uh, what we heard all around, that many times, many times when you use a non-Jewish or uh, non-religious therapist, could be lead to a disaster, especially with yeah. uh, Shlombait. And because the concept of the non-religious or the non-Jewish, uh, it's totally different from the religious point of view. And uh, I, I saw myself a really a divorce case only because of this, and not one. And unfortunately, because because they, they didn't get happy in the beginning, you know, because the concept, you know, I, I heard stories that the therapist told if he did like this, you have to do exactly like he, uh, like he did and revenge him and all this is finished, you know? And this, yeah. as you say, that you, it's implant inside our brain, different kind of behaving, you know? That, uh, you know, you could be the best uh, therapist, but you come from a different loca- location. It's like you come into Indian people and uh, uh, suggest them to eat a, ste- a cow steak. Yeah, and it doesn't understand that why you don't eat a cow steak because but the Indian Indian don't you know they're not allowed to eat a cow. Yeah, yeah, and I I really really want to agree with everything that you're saying because I have heard a lot of horror stories now. But there's one story where someone wanted to go over the derech. They went to a non-religious therapist and, and it was a psychologist and the psychologist saying, look, if they're having a major stressless and they have to experience other life, and they go, but if they do that then they're going to lose their family. They go, well, their mental health comes first. And the answer is no. First of all, there are other options out there. Again, I, I, what I'm trying to do is I'm also trying not to talk people out of going to non-religious therapists because many of them are culturally sensitive and they have a very, very high success rate. Yeah, so at the same time, the ones that do the referrals, if you work with the Rav along with the Rav, it's okay. But work along with someone. Don't do it yourself. Don't be alone on it. Yeah, definitely. So we'll go to Miss. Uh, we know the time is running. Right. So, so we've we'll got go, four minutes left. Yes. About. Okay. So we want to uh, Mrs. Uh, T W. Mrs. T W. Hi, you're on Hello? the air with Mordechai. Hello. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, thanks for your book. I found it really inspirational. Thank it's you. Just that during one particular chapter, <laughs> I found myself just by reading through that chapter, I found myself weak, exhausted shivers through my spine, butterflies in my stomach, and I was numb for the next few days. Now, I reread it like a few days after that, and the symptoms were milder but similar. Now, my question is, what's my next step in perfecting that particular trait? Is there anything else? Can you give me a detail? What? Can you give me a detail which chapter it was? (laughs) The second one. Ah, about making mistakes. Perfection. Oh, you bet you that brings huge shivers and, and, and tremors through people. The learning to break out of the perfectionist role. It's quite, it's quite ironic, though, because the people I work with, like the managers, the people under me, the people around me, think me as exceptionally calm, collected. and, yes. and But really, I come home exhausted. And it's yep. not because the, hard, the work is so difficult. I can tell you, that is one of my big issues that I work on, letting go. And I've just done just today, in the last couple of days, some major letting go of a lot of stuff going on by me. 
There is one thing, just before I take your question, Arvnis, and I feel I have to give a huge shvach and to the Rabbi Nishleilam. There's someone that is very, very special to me, and they had a very serious surgery. I shouldn't say very serious, but I had serious surgery the day before. And Baruch Hashem, everything has gone beyond that the doctors expected, and it's just so much to me. It's been a lot on my mind, and Baruch Hashem, you know, when you hear positives and things are working out, is it's just an extra happiness. So I, I just want to give a public shvach to the Rabbi Nishleilam for that. Chazdei Hashem. Yeah, Chazdei Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Um, so now back to you. So if we're talking about breaking out of perfectionist, even though no one sees it but within yourself, it's about having a calm... So what do you say about someone that's learning to break out of perfectionist, that outside they look so calm, but inside they're affected? You know, it's a, it's a minute, it's a minute and a half, you know, that I would, yeah. leave, I would leave it to you now because I'm just, really today has, was an overwhelming day for, for all of us, you know? Yeah. So, and it's a, yeah. In a minute, so you, you do better than me. <laughs> I'll take it, but not because I do better. <laughs> I'll just take it. So if for the one minute to go, what I would tell you, start looking at your life, how much inner control is going on, how much, how there isn't that, that flow and start practicing the letting go, that it's okay the way it is inside. Start practicing having the real you on the outside. It usually comes from a lot of fear, a lot of fear of being you, a lot of fear of rejection, a lot of fear of criticism. And that need to be perfect usually is a lower self-esteem. So I'll tell you, work again on Chapter 1 on how to build your self-esteem. And then but take with a check. It's interesting. On stage, I could do amazingly well. Inside, inside, inside. Let's not get fooled with the outside world, the inner yeah. world. Okay, so we've got 30 okay. seconds to go. So, again, I'm talking about the inner world, and I'd like to thank you for calling in. And maybe if you'd like, please call up next week, and I'll help you identify more the inner world and help you identify the difference between the inner and the outer world. I'd like to thank the Rabbi Nishleilam and Harav Nissen once again for having another program and all the callers for calling in. Thank you all and Siyata Deshmaya. May we all be together, together with the Gula Shleima. And if not, Mertesham, we'll be on next week. Thank you.